What makes us different here at God's Love Languages, we want to help you develop your relationship and increase your fellowship with God by understanding that being a Christian is, listen to me closely, it is not about you. Welcome to God's Love Language, a podcast designed for Christian discipleship with emphasis on developing our relationship and fellowship with God. Now, here is our host, Joe Enlow. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you for that introduction. Greetings, folks. Welcome to the very first podcast of God's Love Language. I am your host, Joe Enlow, and this is a podcast designed for Christian discipleship. Specifically, we want to help you change yourself into the Christian that God wants you to be today, not tomorrow. We hope that you will seize the day, seize the time, and begin it immediately. Where most Christians fall short is knowing how to engage in the behaviors that change you inside and allow you to become totally devoted to God. Those behaviors that keep you from really standing out as a Christian. You spent years as a non-Christian, and your behavior and character does not change on a dime. It takes time, sometimes years, to reprogram or renew your mind. And as a result, many individuals do not last and end up falling away from the faith. We are going to help you avoid that. We will spend the first two sessions together giving an introduction of who we are, who I am, and what we believe. You do not want to invest your precious time listening to someone that does not offer you information you need. In two weeks, we'll begin getting into our teachings. You can also go on our website at godslovelanguage.com. We do have a calendar there, and some of the we talk a little bit about some of the subjects that we're going to cover and future dates. What makes us different here at God's Love Language is we want to help you develop your relationship and increase your fellowship with God by understanding that being a Christian is, listen to me closely, it is not about you. It is about bringing glory to God. The good news is, when you do this, you get to reap the benefits that God offers here on earth and at the same time store up treasures for yourself in heaven. C.S. Lewis said it well in his book, Mere Christianity, when he said, Aim at heaven and you get earth and thrown in. Aim at earth and you get neither. Too many Christians never reach their full potential because they, they focus on themselves. They try to live as maybe Sunday Christians or just by Christian by definition only. They rarely participate in the gatherings and fellowship, you know, in the home groups and, and whatnot because they're scared, I guess. Maybe their friends are keeping them from doing it. At least not until the proverbial manure hits the fan happens, right? If God has been graceful and merciful to you as this type of Christian, which, you know, he often does, he will eventually attempt to get you to move on, though. He wants you to become a mature Christian. Do this by letting you go through trials and tribulations that you have basically brought on yourself. Relax, though. All these circumstances are happening to strengthen your faith and standing in God. It takes a while to get over ourselves. I know. I've been going through this training for 64 years, 64 years now. I'm still being molded and purified by God to become like Jesus. Now, I started this podcast because after working in the domain of psychology in one fashion or another since 1977 and seeing the hurt, distress, and difficulty Christians have been having with themselves and in relationships in general, you know, it, it's amazing. You think becoming a Christian and things would get easier. And they can if you're instructed correctly, but 
Christians struggle all the time. In fact, it seems that on the inpatient units, I saw more Christians than non-Christians. It was kind of scary. It's like, Lord, what's going on here? So I want to help brothers and sisters who have found Christ. I am not the stuffy theologian or philosopher that speaks as if they know it all. I tell the stories contained in the Word of God and try to put them in words and scenarios that the average individual can relate to. I want you to understand all these things without losing the substance of the message. I am trying to help you find God in the fullest way possible. That's my mission. I will not advocate, though, for you just sitting in the pew, even on the front row, and not getting involved, though, because you know I'm going to make the argument that the only way to reach your full potential is to act on your faith. You must act on that faith because behaviors, your behavior, the action, they solidify your thoughts and your faith. Before I continue, though, I want to share some facts and a story about myself that will give you some insight into what type of person or Christian I am. You can read the full details on the website. I will hit the highlights here. I want you to understand that I am an average Joe, yeah, pun intended, that has lived through many of the same trials and tribulations that you have, most created by me, including two failed marriages. I went from being a married high school dropout at age 16 to having a graduate degree in school psychology as well as marriage and family therapy. And currently, I am in the process of obtaining another graduate degree from my seminary in divinity. You can expect real-life application from me. You'll get that in my future podcasts. I've come a long way as a Christian since I took that first walk to the altar of age eight, 18, or, or age 13. It was about 1968, 69 maybe, because I turned, I turned 13 late in 68, so it could have been early 69. You might say I took the long road to finding who I am. But my journey and experience, if you apply it, will enable you to take a smoother path. It was not until around 1985 that I began to get serious about my Christianity and decided to open my heart and give all my wants and desires to God. Having an equally devoted wife sure made things easier. I developed a childlike obedience to, to God. That Jesus, he talks about this in, in Mark 10, 14, 15, I believe, when he said, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. That means we must start by believing God just as a young child believes what his or her parents tell him. Since this point in my life, God has always come first. When I got remarried in 1985, I made sure my wife was a godly woman and that God was going to be the focus of our marriage. My family size doubled when I got married. I had custody of my three boys from my first marriage, and she also had custody of her three boys. So together we had six. Two years later, we had another boy. We added another boy, which brought the total to seven. A true yours, mine, and our situation. For those of you who remember that movie, you'll understand. Together we tried to dedicate our lives to God. We also pledged to, to, to dedicate our lives and our marriage to God. We attended church almost every time the doors were open. You can ask any of our boys about that. You know, oh, not again. You know, it's boring. We became involved in marriage ministry at the church. We became church leaders over a home group in the singles ministry for a couple of years. And we also wrote and developed a singles ministry that we called Cherubim, stood for creating honorable earthly relationships and uncompromising biblical intentions for marriage. This continued from 1986 until 1993 when I retired from the Army. Yes, ooh I retired 20 years, four days. At the same time, uh, that I retired, I finished my bachelor's in occupational education with specializations in business management and religious studies. Due to the size of our family, we had to move out into the country 
one county over because we did a, the rentals were so hard to come by for a big family like ours. We had to move out there to find a home that could hold us all. We lived out there for approximately five years, during which time I finished graduate school in 1998. Then we moved back to the city to where I started working in one of the school districts. We bounced around a little bit from church to church and then finally settled back into our old church where we are now attending. We currently lead a couples communication class as well as another marriage class involved with the PAIRS, P-A-I-R-S Foundation that focuses on veterans and military. It's only through God's grace that I can do these podcasts. I have a couple of service-related disabilities, one for the combination of my lower back and right thigh. My right thigh is severely numb. I have a, a muscle that atrophied back there on top of that nerve. It places limits on how long I can sit and stand without a break because of the severe pain it causes. I also have a numb lower lip that frequently sends shooting pains through it like it is now. If I talk too long, I eventually have trouble forming my words, which may be a blessing to you. But the fact is I cannot talk too long without taking a break. Uh, and sometimes I start to mumble my words. It's not because I, if I do start that, it's not because I'm drunk. It's because my lip is getting lazy on me and needs to rest. All right. Now, here's a story I would like to share that will reveal a lot about me if you pay attention. It's a Psych 101 exercise. What does it tell you? What will this tell you about me? Quiz to follow. When the Army first assigned me to San Antonio in 1986, we joined a charismatic church with a successful radio ministry. We loved the church. You know, after listening on the, on the radio for a couple of weeks, I decided, let's go check it out. We loved it. We stayed with it. After a while, I joined the praise and worship team as one of their drummers. I've been playing drums since I was seven. In our church, praise and worship was known to take up the entire service, especially on Wednesday night, right? That's when there's a little more freedom. We let the Spirit guide the service. Sometimes a preacher wouldn't talk at all, just moving us so much. We would rock that building with some great praise and worship music, and everyone would be dancing, the charismatic two-step, you know, that thing that resembles the Cotton Eye Joe, and, and praising the Lord. You know, that typical charismatic frenzied excitement we were known for back in the day. I can remember even performing a couple of Holy Spirit-inspired drum solos. Man, that took some guts sometimes. Anyway, as we tried to be more professional on stage, our praise and worship leaders put out some rules. One rule that was probably aimed at me anyway was no chewing gum on stage, dude. Okay, I can live with that. I like to chew gum because it helped me keep the rhythm. One Wednesday evening, I forgot to spit my gum out before going on stage, true to form. We got rocking, and I was singing along with the songs and giving it all I had when something happened. As I sucked in more air through my mouth to keep up with the joyful noise coming out of it, <gasps> yes, the gum got stuck. It lodged in my throat. Now, keeping in, keep in mind, I had emergency medical training as an EMT and an Army medic, so I remained calm and initially did not even miss a beat. While playing, I attempted to cough it out with some violent coughs from my diaphragm, you know, that deep <laughs> cough, those big, deep core coughs, you know, that push the air through and kick it out. No luck. Since we were rocking and everyone's raising hands, singing, dancing, and giving it all their attention, I dropped my hands while I still keeping the beat with my kick drum. I'm talented like that. But I'm sitting there playing with the kick drum, and I attempted to give myself the Heimlich Maneuver, sitting on the drummer's stone. No luck. Well, now I'm going to act real cool. This, I'm going to stand up, dance a little while 
turning around facing the wall so nobody can see me. I'm going to try the Heimlich again. By the way, what kind of dance move do you think they would call that? The Heimlich? I don't know. Well, but when I stood up, I raised my hands like Rocky for emphasis and asked God for a little help. The crowd got even louder. Man, the drummer has really got the spirit tonight. But again, no luck. Now, by this time, it had already been over like a minute, and I was really beginning to experience a spiritual moment with God, one of those, you know, difficulty breathing moments. It would help if I could breathe because I did not want to bother anyone else on stage and destroy the, you know, the move of the spirit and all by going up there and pointing at my throat, you know, and, and so forth to the leaders. I think that would have ruined the whole move. I determined my last effort before passing out to be to throw myself on my drummer's throne. You know, that's a little small round seat the drummer sits on. And to, I will try to dislodge it that way. So here I go. Imagine if you can the craziest charismatic church scene you've ever seen on TV. Yeah, it was kind of like that. The drummer was bouncing himself up and down. Yeah, me. I was bouncing myself up and down to the beat, no less, on my drummer's throne. It was almost like planking on the drum set. Oh, my. The crowd and praise and worship team went wild. Why did they do that? I don't understand. I'm, I'm looking silly up there. But may God help us and forgive me. Thanks and praise be to God. It only took three or four attempts, and lo and behold, it came out. So I placed it strategically out of the way, got back on my throne, raised my drumstick-filled hands in victorious fashion, and performed a dramatic re-entry on the drums. You know, the do 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 You know, it went even wilder. You know how it goes when the drummer sets out a little bit and then comes back in. All just like I planned it. Yeah, right. I survived to play another day. Now, afterward, I asked my worship team members what they thought was going on with me. Their response was classic. They believed the Holy Spirit was moving on me like it had never done before. I asked, what would you have done if I fell to the floor and didn't move? They said they would have believed that I was slain in the Spirit. You know, that's, and that's when the people fall to the ground after being touched and do whatever it is they do. They would... They, would, they thought maybe I'd be slain in the spirit, and then they would have left me alone. You don't interfere with God's work. Then I proceeded to tell them what had happened. And the male leader said, well, if you would have died, I guess we would have expected God to raise you from the dead. Thanks. True story, folks. I never again chewed gum before or during praise and worship. Now, you can relax. I, I'm still at that church, but we have mellowed a lot since 1980s, but we still believe God is active in our lives through the Holy Spirit. What does the story tell you about me? For one, I love good praise and worship music, and I like to celebrate my God. All interaction with Him is a sacred moment to me. In fact, you may find that I will use some background music more often than others because of how it moves me to worship God. Two, I have a sense of humor and really love to laugh and enjoy life as a Christian. I Laughter really is good medicine, and it is great when you can laugh at yourself. Three, I am a long way from perfect. I make mistakes, but at least I try. God allows us to learn from our mistakes. Even Paul, he wrote more books of the Bible than anyone, but he made some honest mistakes about Christians before his conversion, some very serious. In his heart, like my heart, he believed he was doing right by God, and God honored that. 
and he will honor yours, but he will at the same time gently correct us and show us the correct way, as he did Paul. Four, I am a team player and believe we all need each other to be the body and bride of Christ. We all have our role to play. And last, I'm resourceful and have a great imagination. My teachings will bear witness to this as we go. I will often put myself into the stories of the Bible and ask myself what I think I would have done or ask myself, you know, what it might have been like in that situation. This technique of doing this allows me, helps me, keeps me focused on what God is doing now. If I really believe I would have been faithful to God, living during the Old or New Testament times, why not prove it now? Right now we know more about him and his plan for humanity than ever. I approach the idea that God loves me, he will watch over me and mine, and he will make me as much like Jesus as possible on this earth if I just obey his word. I obey it with the attitude of a loving child. I'm a 64-year-old child, but I feel more on fire for God than I ever have. I intend to live out the remainder of my life doing what he has called me to do. Most of us as new Christians, or even people who are Christians and they think they're mature Christians, some of them, not most, but some of them act as if Christianity is somehow a working integration or even an amalgamation of our old worldly selves and our Christian selves. But the truth is, it should be a whole new and separate identity in God, a new creation that allows us to bear fruit for Him. That's glorifying Him. Our time on earth is truly short compared to eternity. It's like a blink of the eye, maybe even shorter. Our time here has a purpose, to learn to serve the one and only true God and bring Him glory. That was Jesus' mission, and it is our mission while here on earth. The true enemy is your sinful man, your, your body your selfish desires, which only make sense in the world ruled by evil. I mean, Satan's proof of that. Adam and Eve are proof of that. And most examples of difficulty serving God in the Bible are proof of that statement. You focus too much on yourself and your own ego. In fact, think about the corruption and greed going on today, all fueled by selfish desires. Even that uh, child sex trafficking, is, it's the desires and the greed of the people that want to get access to them. No demand, no market. Many of the mental, many of the mental illnesses, yeah, there goes my lip, today have roots in how you see yourself in this world and how you cope with that viewpoint. That's my belief. C.S. Lewis said, there are two different kinds of people, those who say to God, thy will be done, like Jesus did, and those to whom God says, all right then, have it your way. If people can't figure out if you're a Christian by how you live and talk, then you're probably trying to live in a safe space, living a safe life that perhaps keeps you from being embarrassed. If that is you and you are perfectly perfectly content with being a hobby Christian, then this podcast is not for you. Our hope is to help you discover that Christianity is a lifestyle not a hobby. I've been saying that since 1989. We will provide insight that will help you live a life dedicated to God, one that consumes your old worldly life and helps you create and live a life that is pleasing to God. What that means is, if you desire to reach your maximum potential as a Christian on earth, to have God say to you when you enter heaven, well done, good and faithful servant. You must understand 
what it means to be a Christian, how to live out that understanding. Overall, I think as a church, we do a poor job of discipleship in the Christian church today. I've said that before. I struggled with living as a Christian for over 20 years until I educated myself reaching and attending classes, or, or excuse me, reading and attending classes and doing a lot of praying and seeking. Honestly, though, after listening to preachers in person and on TV and on the radio, I believe the most important thing to them was to give them money because there's more important things in life than just giving money. There are a lot of things we need to learn before we can be steadfast in our beliefs. In part two of our introduction, which can be found on this site, I will begin by giving the foundational beliefs for our ministry and teachings. You can read the full mission statement, the vision statement, our core values, and and more there at our website, godslovelanguage.com. And that is available now. But we are currently having that professionally designed for better interaction between you and us. We'll also have a special segment at the end of intro two called Music Fellowship. At least that's what I'm calling it right now. More on this in part two. Our podcast will normally be around the 20 to 25 minute range. Pick up intro number two and give it a listen. Now, may God bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. Thank you for your time, Deanna. Tell them how to reach us. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. If you would like more information about our podcast and subject matter, or if you would like to leave a comment, go to GodsLoveLanguage.com. Or you may email Joe at jnlow at godslovelanguage.com. 